Welcome to the Geek-Centric Podcast. Today, we head back down to the American Midwest to Mexican Cartel You All About Part 2 of Ozark Season 4. Well, most of it. A bit confused? Don't worry. So are we, but all will be explained on today's spoiler-free review. Hello, my name is Kev, and today we're giving our spoiler-free thoughts on the first six episodes of Season 4, Part 2 of Netflix's Ozark. Uh, It's definitely an odd approach, uh, but hear us out. Due to embargo dates put in place by Netflix attempting to keep any spoilers under wraps, we're only able to discuss the first six episodes. Now, none of us have watched the finale prior to our discussion today, so you can rest assured that none of us know how it will all end and our discussion will in fact be entirely spoiler-free. And instead of giving an outright review of Season 4 Part 2, we'll be giving some general thoughts on what we've seen so far, and let you know if you should be as excited to tune in as we were after Season 4 Part 1. As always, a huge thanks to Netflix Canada for hooking us up with the episodes in advance so we could put this episode together as efficiently as Jonah Bird's bookkeeping. Uh, Of course, I can't do this alone. Joining me on the program today, if they worked at my hotel... I'd have them folding towels. If they worked at my strip club, no doubt they'd be flipping scowls. Of course, I'm talking about <laughs> Justin Lawrence and Nate Shelton. How are we today, I'd boys? Be, dude, if I worked at your strip club, I'd be bringing in the money. Oh, but you'd be I'm working that you. pole so hard. <laughs> His milkshake brings all the boys, <laughs> the boys to the yard. To the yard. <laughs> That's true. what I'm saying. Everyone on the Ozark seems really upset, but I, I guarantee if you guys were on stage, they'd be smiling for the rest of the night. Oh, man. Absolutely. And I've always been complimented on how I fold the towel, so I know I can fold the towel like like a champ. See, so if I'm going to run like Ruth's empire here, I've got two guys that are just in place to take over for Ready to go. Let's I do it. it. Plus, Kevin, I mean, listen, listen, I wouldn't be ashamed if you wanted me to be the mascot for your motel. I've been described as a lazy O before. So I think I could totally fit the bill there. I think that would be perfect. Nice. Maybe we'll change the name to Lazy oh, N just okay. for fun. There we go. Let's go. Nobody oh. likes a Lazy O, if you know what I mean, especially not the ladies. Okay. But, Kevin, well. I, wanted, I wanted to say, like, I was, I was really shocked uh, by how Netflix, you know, normally when it's no spoilers, they just send an email. But I had a guy show up at my house. At, from from the cartel and just like look at me funny and I was like oh no and so they're getting, I'm, I'm, they're getting right on theme they're they're taking this yeah, very seriously very scary yeah so I do, again I do want to stress we have not watched the last episode so any speculation we do here is entirely free of knowing how it does all wrap up yeah. um, but before we give those spoiler free thoughts on season four part two. I wanted to give a quick recap of where we last left Ruth, the Bird family, and all of the wonderfully deplorable characters in the world of Ozark. Uh, so when we left off, Marty was this close to getting out after working uh, both the FBI and cartel kingpin Omer Navarro into a deal. Uh, it, they would turn Omar into an informant for five years in exchange for his freedom. The birds were set Uh, to walk away under those terms, but then FBI agent Maya Miller goes rogue, arresting Omar with the help of local police. Marty then convinces Javi Alessandro, Omar's second-in-command, to take the same deal with the FBI, Ah, but then Javi just decides to kill Darlene and Wyatt. Ruth is obviously incensed by this and swears vengeance on Javi. However, if Javi dies, all bets are off. 
And Marty is not going to be willing to meet Ruth terms. Or is he? Uh, and then you've got Wendy, who is trying to make big moves of her own. Uh, the success of those maneuvers is also tied to whether or not Ruth kills Javi. So it's a, it's a huge deal going forward yeah. here. Uh, for one, Wendy made a major deal with Claire Shaw, the CEO of Shaw Medical Solutions, whose ethical standards don't quite stretch as far as the birds. Uh, Wendy is counting on the money from Shaw, $150 million, to stock her political war chest and establish her as a political power broker. In other words, Wendy may be putting her own aspirations ahead of her family's, something not lost on the increasingly frustrated Jonah. So that is where we left off. Everyone's, everyone's in shambles. Everyone's upset. Um, and here we go. Then we got six more episodes to, to bring us closer to the finale. Uh, so guys, let's just, let's just get started right away. What are some of our thoughts on these first six episodes? I think uh, you you outlined it really well in the synopsis of of the first part, where you really are seeing a, a play for power unfold, and and these episodes don't skip a beat with continuing that story and really highlighting the intentions, the motives, and really showing how fragile this whole situation is from from a family standpoint and also from a business standpoint. There's just such a masterful way of how they're weaving all of this together, the tragedy and, and the ups, really kind of showcasing the, the, the relationships that are tied to these agreements, if you will, and what that's really doing in the long run. It's like the butterfly effect. These things are so tightly wound that any any small action, anything that one character does seems to now affect everybody that we're familiar with here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and there, like to your point, there's so many of these sort of strings that are unraveling and it's it's just like if any single one of those snap or if not everything goes according to plan, it's just it's really intriguing to see how they uh, as a family and as a group manage to uh, navigate those instances of those moments where, you know what, it doesn't exactly mean that if one of them, you know, if one of their plans doesn't go the right way, it's it's completely over. Uh, but it it's 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 really intriguing to see. You know, obviously, um, you know, Marty Bird is a a master uh, at sort of getting out of a lot of these situations or finding ways to weave and bob through them. But uh, it's really interesting to see a lot of that in these six episodes. I feel like. Um, you know, a big thing I wanted to call out just in the in the theme of like these like tightly woven strings is the music uh, was the first thing actually I noticed when we got back, um, just especially considering the fact that in the previous like the last thing we saw with Ruth was the the removal of sound. So now getting to see her and a she's she's bopping out to all those hip hop tracks uh, in her in her truck, um, which I just I love. But also, I, I think the use of the the music that they do throughout the series has just been absolutely incredible. Uh, Danny Bensey and Sonder Jurian's uh, the eerie guitar string plucks that we hear, you know, right after a cold open, right? And they show the cymbals and you just hear like the really scary sort of plucking sounds and high-pitched string noises. It's just absolutely phenomenal and just adds so much to the ongoing tension throughout every episode. Exactly. It, it serves as an, an accent to that tension that we're seeing unfold on screen um but uh, you know it's crazy to think about how part one really set up wendy bird as being this sort of she's not she's kind of unraveling she's becoming yeah. unhinged and it, yeah and it's really diving in and then you have that also juxtaposed with ruth's journey and where ruth is uh after losing wyatt and to see these these two females striving for their own 
uh, piece of the pie, if you will. It's really, really interesting to see how both are handling and, and how, how it's going to inevitably work out as we as we get to the finale here at the at the end i mean for i know there's a lot of players in the game right now and and none of them are particularly good uh but wendy for me it has kind of cemented herself as the main antagonist here not only is she 100 she against yeah. everyone outside the family but she's doing so much against her own family uh in particularly marty here she's kind of stepping on his toes or even going behind his back to just make things progressively worse as we go along here. So if there's a character who going into that final episode, I'm most frustrated by it is without a doubt, Wendy. I think it's, it's interesting to think about how we, when we, where we started, where, where Marty was in control. And, and I think Wendy was very innocent and removed. I think, you know, again, not having revisited all of those episodes, but I do recall there being a little bit of her being naive to what Marty did and, and understanding that business. And as things unraveled, they found their way of turning it into a family business, not just a Marty business, right? It was a bird business. And that kind of opened up all of this for Wendy, where she is now becoming like this big hitter with all of this power at her disposal to kind of make decisions that Marty is just like, what? Like, you know, it's, it's, it's incredible to see how we've come to that. We've sort of flipped the script in a way. Well, and it's speaking of flipping the script. I mean, yeah, I I think there were certain parts of this, uh, these six episodes that we watched where I, I like, I literally wrote down in my notes, like Wendy's smile is terrifying. Like Laura Linney is, a, a knockout like she is absolutely incredible to the point where I when she just does the sort of you'll see throughout these episodes oftentimes she'll do like sort of this fake nice voice and, and it's absolutely horrifying at times it's really scary um, the way that she's able to pull that off and you know just speaking of flipping the scripts we do get to see a little bit more sort of this um, flip between the 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 older generation in this in this cast and the younger generation, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm really really digging that, and I I'm, I really hope that's kind of the direction that we we do end up going overall uh, for the for the finale. But it's just I I've I've absolutely really been enjoying Laura Linney through these six episodes, probably She's the most fantastic uh, yeah. out of everyone, and and I didn't think that mm-hmm. could possibly happen with uh, with with Ruth um, with Julia Garner on the cast. Well, and just, you know, continuing on with Wendy here, it's it's kind of interesting. For me, there's always been a lot of similarities between Ozark and Breaking Bad. Uh, you yep. know, just given oh, yeah. the, the subject matter that's going on here and, and taking, you know, a seemingly innocent family man and, and thrusting him into this world of crime. Uh, but that's where the differences end in terms of their, their spouses. Whereas in Breaking Bad, Skyler was always sort of for trying to get him to uh, Walter to stop and trying to get him to to go to the right side and then eventually leads towards his inevitable downfall by by doing the right thing whereas Wendy has done the complete opposite and not only has she gone along with the the, the criminal activity she's sort of taken she's taken it upon herself to sort of be the ringleader of all of it. And, and she is thirsty for power. She is thirsty to, to get as much of this power as she possibly can. And so, yeah, her character is just so fascinating where she's come from that first season to, to this point now. 
Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And I, I love the call out too that this this show is very much like Breaking Bad because I think a part of the reason why the show was picked up by Netflix is because how well Breaking Bad performed on Netflix. So they brought in what people want and, you know, green lighting those projects. Um and you're right, it, it does, it, you know, at that point of how, you know, you have a good man trying to make a business out of something that's bad uh, in Breaking Bad, you have here this sort of sh- power shift between the husband and wife. And it's 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 absolutely um, it's unique in, the th- in that we're seeing how how their relationship is changing as as each season goes, as she gets more power hungry, as she tries to thrive for her own place. I also really like, though, that like they're continuing these themes of obviously, as we talked about family, unity, connectivity, uh, but also like the sort of religious connotations, the sort of biblical relationship that 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 a lot of the sort of narrative has is, you know, sins and and repenting and, and feeling guilty and that's just been so layered throughout all of the seasons and and you really do kind of see it in especially in these these last six episodes it really manifests itself even into the point of where they play up those two dynamics very much in this entire uh series i i i did want to shift a little bit here and and this is not to say that i think the quality has dipped at all in this the second half of season four here but I, I, I'm almost, I almost started to get to the point by the end of the six episodes, wondering if it was really necessary to stretch this out as long as they did. I'm not sure now that we are where we are, one episode away from the finale, if they really needed an additional four episodes to tell the story, because there was a lot of circling in these six episodes. There was a lot of, you know, just sort of repeating similar motifs over and over again. It's one thing goes wrong, they fix it. One thing goes wrong, they fix it. One And so, and and it just, it just felt like it sort of lost a bit of momentum. I, I actually, I do agree with you on that, Kevin. I, I felt Likewise. as though the, the first six episodes of this season felt like a roller coaster ride all the way um, where, where these, these ones, I think, um, it it I had a huge high coming back to it. Uh, it kind of deviated in the middle, and then and then for episode six, obviously going into the finale, uh, we're left with another really intense moment. And so for me, I I, I definitely started to feel a little fatigue uh, in the probably about the halfway point on episode three of this series. I also think too that like we start to get some different character dynamics, obviously without spoiling it, some, some, uh, some certain characters uh, even make a comeback. Um, and I, I started to feel a little bit like they were putting a little bit too much in the pot where I was just kind of like, okay, I, I get that this is helpful to move the storyline in certain directions, um, but you're right. It, it, I think they could have done with maybe three more episodes instead of seven or four more episodes instead of seven. And there's there's a huge moment right near the beginning. Maybe I think it's the first episode, and and that sort of leaves a hole that gets filled by a relatively new character that we haven't seen much from mm-hmm. at all, and and they become very very important very quickly, and it, it almost just seems like you know they they shot themselves in the foot and had to sort of remedy that, and it I don't know if it has the same impact as we're at episode six now, with with the threats that are going on. Uh, versus where we were starting part two. Um, right. And I mean, and with all this extra time, it does feel like they're just, they're, they need to find new excuses to give characters something to do to pass the time. And, and that isn't 
ever more uh, apparent than with the kids. They're just finding an excuse to sort of keep them in the fold without having yep. them be all that integral to the main story. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more with that idea that it feels like these last six episodes leading into the finale are a bit of a stretch. You know, we've talked about this in other series that we've covered where, you know, there's there's sort of a cliffhanger or this narrative element that you're left hanging with. And then when you come back, it's immediately resolved. Where volume one of this two-part season ended, that was a nice cliffhanger. That was a really great cliffhanger to say, okay, their deal is, is fucked and they got to figure out what they're going to do. But the wheels of motions of how things sort of happen at the beginning of this season resolve a lot of that. You know, it, it just kind of negates it right away to help set up for whatever other conflict is about to come. And to the point of what you guys are saying, it just feels like it's overstretched. Like it didn't need to be seven episodes. That being said, I, I will say the quality is still on par, but it does feel like they are really just pulling to really give it, I guess, a little bit more oomph when yeah. it does hit the finale. I will say I I will take I will take feeling a little bit of fatigue near the end of a fourth season rather rushed. of a phenomenal show ra- a rather than rushed or b rather than stretched out into another season you know what I mean like you know we've sure. seen it happen with so many fantastic shows I I come back to like The Walking Dead right and just how completely lost, lost they've gotten uh, with the direction of that show and so I feel like it. They they've you know they had something great uh, and they they just simply just wanted more and more and more from it and it, it wasn't necessary and so I feel like going out where they're going out now on a high end is fantastic it's still honestly some of the best television I've ever seen in my life and the cast is still phenomenal but I think by by having a few of these um, maybe three three of these episodes in here. We do get we do sort of lose some of the the focus on some of these characters. I feel like we don't really get to see too much of Charlotte. We really don't get enough of Jonah uh, in these six episodes. Um, and I get that they're they're focusing on on kind of our main three characters of Ruth, Marty, and um, what the, and Wendy, yeah. right? But like, I just I don't know. I I I'm going back and forth in my mind on if I think this is as good or not as good as the previous half of the season. Yeah, I've always said, you know, the penultimate is always better than the finale. You know, uh, it really does set things up and set expectations. Um, and, and I think the way volume one ended, it set expectations. Um, the only thing I would say is I, I agree with you. The, the kids, Charlotte and, and Jonah, aren't necessarily on screen that much. But there is a good focus on the relationship. And I think that that's what sure. this is inevitably going to be about is is family. Yeah, uh, I think that that will is what our finale will will come down to at, at the end of it all is is it, it being about the bird family. I hear you. I just it just feels like in order to keep that theme going, they've had to sort of shoe in a little bit of a storyline here to keep yeah. it going. And I'm just wondering, yeah. are we really that far removed here in episode 13 than we were at episode seven? Could they not have done the things that they did over these six episodes in episode eight and nine of a 10 episode season? And we would still mm. be exactly where we were. And I don't think the main story and the characters' journeys would be all that different. So I'm just, it, it almost just feels like they're trying to, you know, they know it's the end. They're trying to get as much bang for their buck as they can and stretch it out for as long as possible. I'm just not sure how, how well that's paid off. In terms of making a better story than would have been told, 
uh, in just a straight 10-episode season, but we can all agree that two 10-episode seasons for a four and five would not have worked. I don't think they had enough to work with. So if the options were stretching out a full season or expanding this one season a little bit longer, I'll certainly take that option over, over the alternative. I also think it's just interesting that they decided to break this up into two parts. You know, why not just put all of these out together uh, rather than split them up? Because to the, to the point that you guys are making, it just feels like cer- certain elements are narratively shoehorned in to just kind of give this thing a little bit more legs. But it's just apparent that it's pulling at things that could have been resolved quicker. I mean, I totally get splitting it up the way they did in that episode seven ends with such a huge moment and so much tension and suspension that right. leaving that right. break gives all of the viewers that much time to talk about how impactful it was, how you know how much it resonated, and that just gets more people to maybe check out the show. So I can totally understand mm. that that couple months off where it's just about building as much hype as you can, getting as many last minute viewers on board. But then you get these six episodes, and there's there's a whole chunk of one episode. I mean, it's probably not as long as I'm making it out in my head, but it's dedicated to a flashback that does nothing but simply show us something we already know, we've already seen, maybe from a different perspective, but it doesn't reveal anything new about the situation. It doesn't add anything. Again, it's just, it just feels like a lot of filling time rather than Mm -hmm. adding elements to the story to enhance what we're getting. So again, it's, it, 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 it might be a small complaint and, and that just goes to show how, incredible the show is that we're really trying to nitpick details like this but again (laughs) i i do think a a, a 10 episode season where it's just minute to minute action might have worked a bit better than stretching this out the way they have uh but that said uh, i think it's probably time because you know we can't talk about spoilers and so how much more can we really say why don't we move uh, into the, you know, sort of the closing of the show? Now, normally this is where we would give our scores for the season, but it, of course, because we haven't watched the finale yet, we're going to hold off on that until we come back with our spoiler-filled review of the entire part two, uh, which will include the finale. Uh, so instead, I thought we'd share with our listeners whether part two lived up to the hype set by part one. Um, and yeah, was it worth it to split this up into two parts of 14 episodes? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's just just as we were kind of just all saying, it wasn't worth it uh, to split it up into two parts. I don't think it was absolutely necessary. And, um, I, I, you know, that being said, it's more Ozark. It's more Ozark, and it's absolutely fantastic. And there's there's a lot of. Um, I'll say this for the episodes where I did start to feel that fatigue, there was at least two or three moments in each of those episodes that still got my heart pumping, that still got my back, you know, hurting with pain because I was so tense watching this show. And it, it just, it's, it's, it's got that, it just does something to me as I'm watching it that just, I've never really felt physically before um, while watching something. It is so intense. So I think um, while it has a few moments of slowdown, it never takes the pressure off. Um, And I think, you know, these six episodes, as we said, they're, they're, they're bookended by some incredibly intense and fantastic moments of the show that are just, you sort of just sit back and you just sort of like, they did it. Like they, (laughs) wow, they just did that. Wow. Um, so again, I think 
Ruth and Wendy shine the brightest in terms of performances here yet again. Um, and so I'm really excited just to see specifically how their storylines sort of end up. I'm, I, I will say I'm, I'm more team Ruth than anyone as far as like, I want her to, to come out on top. I really hope, um, she doesn't end up in, you know, we were kind of speculating in our, our previous review for part one of what might happen with Ruth. And, um, I just hope that, uh, I don't know. I just love her too much. I don't want anything bad to happen to her. <laughs> yeah, that's sweet. That's yeah. sweet. <laughs> so, yes, this is absolutely, if you're, obviously, if you watch part one, you're going to watch part two. Like, us saying yeah. whether you should or not doesn't make a difference. I, and I don't think, I don't think Kevin's question is really about whether you should check it out or not. More or less to the idea, was it worth breaking it up? Did it, did, was that, was that gap of time there really worth it? I think, as you said, Nate, it, it probably wasn't. But I think what this whole season is really trying to do is, not necessarily close out storylines as much as they are just trying to give characters closure to their arcs and where right. where they started and where they've ended. Like there's such an interesting juxtaposition to Wendy Bird and Ruth in that Wendy's trying to keep everything that she has and Ruth has lost everything. Right. And this these final these final episodes really do highlight that that power struggle for each of them in their own situation and at odds against each other. So you're right. If if you've watched the rest of, of Ozark, you're going to watch this. You're going to enjoy it. Uh, I think it, it is really leaning on the slow burn mentality of really getting to less about like the sort of politics as, as we've talked about or or the the the, the background drug cartels. It's going to come down to family. It's going to come down to the birds. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see how how what, what we'll have to say and what our rating will be. I can't wait uh, at the end of at the end of this. But, yeah, I, I don't think it was worth splitting up, but it's Ozark nonetheless. So I think for those you'll you'll enjoy it. Oh, absolutely. It's it's still top notch television. Um, I think I, I know I talked when we reviewed part one, I talked a lot about how the very opening scene of episode one with the big crash sort of took away a lot of suspense. And I think that's, again, my issue here is that when you stretch it out over to 13 episodes and you're you're left waiting for something through, you know, it, 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 whenever it comes throughout these seven episodes, it's still just I'm waiting for that scene rather than just watching, wondering what's going to happen next. I, I felt myself constantly like, well, it's not the scene in the car yet. It's not the scene in the car yet. And so... That just took a little bit away, and that just became more apparent as we stretched out this season longer than than maybe it needed to be. Um, but I do have to say, when we close out this sixth episode, there are a lot of bloody loose ends to still tie up in one episode. That's, yeah. that's almost what I found most surprising, is that the the sort of conclusion to these these stories didn't spill over into some of the earlier episodes here. They're, mm -hmm. leave, they're really going to leave most of this for that last episode, and it's it's going to be explosive. All righty, well, there you have it. Our spoiler-free review for most of Ozark Season 4 Part 2. Thanks for tuning in wherever you listen to podcasts. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe and leave us a glowing review, or we might have to waterboard you in our basement dungeon. Uh, before we <laughs> let you go, geez, these are getting harsh and harsher. It's, They're it all dark. depends on the show. It all depends on the show. Yeah. Forgive yeah. me, folks. <laughs> of course we can. <laughs> uh, but before we let you go, we would love to know, how do you think this all ends for the birds? Send us your predictions. Uh, you can do that at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. Or if that's a little bit too much like raising a baby with Darlene, hit us up on Twitter at GeekcentricYT <laughs> and on Instagram at wearegeekcentric. 
because always. she's old? <laughs> because she's so old? Well, or because she's person. scary. Yeah, she's okay, kind of okay. scary. All right, all right. You know, I, I wouldn't want to raise somebody who's going to be trying to raise my kid into the next opium dealer, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I have higher standards for the mother of my yeah. child. Uh, um, again, you can do that at GeekcentricYT and on Instagram at WeAreGeekcentric. As always, we have tons of great content on the podcast, just dying to be heard. We have our weekly Watch Club episodes for our ongoing Watch Club for Disney Plus's Moon Knight. Each and every week, we're bringing you all the latest in news, trailers, and more in This Week in Geek. And be sure to stay tuned for a bunch of exciting content that we'll be releasing before and after Doctor Strange blows our collective minds in theaters in a few short weeks. Well, that's it. We're done. We'll see you back here for a spoiler-filled review on all of Ozark Season 4 Part 2, including the finale, soon. But until then, as we say... Love ya. Get home safe, guys. Peace.